0: Before we begin this episode, I would like to give a huge thank you to Catherine and to Nicola. Without them, this show would not exist. And thank you so much for putting up with all of my crazy ideas, this podcast being one of them. They are wonderful people. They are amazing, beautiful, talented, and I hope they know that. I hope I've told them enough because I feel like they don't get the credit that they deserve. I would also like to take this opportunity to send a thank you to Howard Panassic and apologize profusely once more for the technical difficulties that we experience part of the episode has been lost due to a technical difficulty with zoom and so thank you so much for putting up with us and for being patient with us while we got everything sorted out and as always the following episode contains spoilers for red dead redemption 2 and just a reminder around the campfire is not intended for human consumption
1: this story is from Tales of the West, and the name of the story is called Hunger. Leopold Strauss knew the gnawing feeling of hunger, the aching feel of your stomach turning in on itself, biting at its own flesh, the weakness that filled your limbs as you shamble through the streets. It gurgled and clawed, acid bubbling and hot, sliding up your throat, coating your tongue in its acrid taste. How the hints of food made your mouth water, spit dribbling out the sides like a waterfall. The The sting of shame when the vendor turns their nose up at your paltry trade. No money, no food. Yes, he knew the gnawing feeling of hunger. He had vowed never to feel that way again. He worked his way up the ranks and when he couldn't work, he blackmailed. The professors and headmaster, other students, businessmen, it didn't matter. They all moved on his command, like marionettes. His hands deftly plucking their strings to make them dance. But there is always the issue of being a big fish in a small pond. So he moved. He traveled from village to burg to city, lining his pockets and bodies in his wake. He didn't kill them. He would remark to others at soirees. The poor folks simply didn't understand the terms of the contracts. After all, they probably couldn't read. The others would laugh, teeth glittering like pearls in the light. Life with the gang had not been like anything he wanted to remember. The looks on the faces of the people he gave money to reminded him of his past. He hated them. He got to where he was because of hard work. What's their excuse? They were salt of the earth common idiotic folk he never questioned why they were desperate why they agreed to any terms he set. he admired men like cornwall who held an iron fist over the people squeezing them of their wealth and body he envisioned himself one someday he thinks of these as other as another fist kisses his face as his glasses break and fall to the ground and useless He thinks of the green bills falling like leaves, scattering in the wind as he gathers them. The anger on the face of the man he thought, too simple to understand the need, the point, of why he does what he does. But maybe he always did know. Maybe he was just as guilty as the rest. Instead of a gun, he killed with a smile. He wheezes through his teeth, feeling the acrid taste of his stomach, feeling it nodding and biting on itself as he sat in a wooden chair. He was so hungry. His laughter echoes against the walls of the empty room. Hi, everyone. So this is our last episode of Around the Campfire, and we're joined by our very lovely guest, uh, Howard. I want to make sure I'm pronouncing it right. You told us, Manasic, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so we are talking to him and we're gonna go into our interview. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty earlier. So now we kind of have to start over again.
0: I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is okay. We, we all have, our, we all have our bad days and our idiot moments. I have a lot of them. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we've um, we're just going to get into it because uh, we don't want to keep him too long. He has he has some things to do, and my cat is staring at me because she wants her sleeping perch back. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so you've already told us it's okay for you to call you Howard, um, and we. I think we kind of went into a lot of these questions.
0: I had to like undo some of them.
1: (laughs) Um, But
0: we don't have to do the, okay, look, so here's what happened. I'm an idiot. I'm (laughs) I'm just going to go ahead and be forward with that one. It's it's been a long week. (laughs) It's been a bad, bad week. I thought I'd pressed record until I realized that there was no blinking light anywhere and we were about 30 minutes in. So I'm gonna just, I say, I'm just gonna vote. We just move on. We just pretend (laughs) that moment in time never happened. That's ours, that's ours to keep. Okay, well, I guess we'll just go into
1: um, our questions for what we have. So um, the ones that we have left, you deal with uh, some of your career and some of the things that uh, dealt with Red death. So um, were there any actors past or present that really inspired you?
2: Oh my God, that, that I, I, you know what? There are so many actors that inspired me that I wouldn't even know where to begin. There are so many that, you know, I love for different things, you know? I mean, depending on the kind of actor they are,
3: and mm-hmm.
2: I love with that, I mean, and so, yeah. I, that's always a hard one for me because I could, I could. It's about a dozen, and even then, I wouldn't even cover them all. So uh, you know, and I think at different ages of my life, I've, I've had different people that I've been more influenced by. I think when I was young, I was more influenced by people that you probably don't even remember. These actors, like Lawrence Olivier, do you remember him?
4: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Name rings a bell.
2: Yeah. Anyway, but that was because. I, what he did, I thought that's what I wanted to do, and I didn't realize that that was only a, one form of acting. It's uh, it's more character driven, and that's really always what I wanted to do anyway was be a character mm-hmm. actor. Um, so I was more impressed by him. Now I'm more impressed by people who, who um, you know, someone like Meryl Streep who can do all of it and also be incredibly truthful. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really always been someone like that is. She's pretty brilliant, you know. So, I guess that's it.
3: <laughs>
1: I guess. Uh, yeah. There's there's a a ton of people that you know. It. I have a hard time really uh, figuring out who inspires me, especially with art. It's because there are so many that go into my individual style, that I'm just like, I really like this person, and now I really like this person, and yeah, I think it just. Uh, bits of a part bits of parts that make a whole. you know sort of like a jigsaw
2: absolutely
0: and i think as we as we whatever our our craft or our career or whatever as we grow as people our tastes will also change i think it's also like our standards will get a little higher so like like as far as um like because i personally i'm a writer very obviously i'm not as tech savvy as i like to think i am Mm. (laughs) but um but yeah for for me it was like my first inspiration was um Anne Rice and what was really funny is earlier when you were talking about which no one else will know this but earlier when you were talking about New Orleans and Interview with the Vampire, Anne Rice was actually a huge inspiration to me now that I've grown and I've moved away from the (laughs) really awkward cringy goth emo stage that I was in at the time I've moved on to more comedic writers and you know, things like that. So yeah.
2: Yeah. It does change.
1: In the research for this interview, uh, I was looking through I found I guess it was sort of like an IMDB page, but for a theater right. uh in New York and it said that you were part of the reunion show for a Little Pet Shop of Horrors.
2: Actually it's not it's not pet shop, it's a little shop of horrors.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Not, it's
2: not a pet shop it's, a pet, it's actually a plant shop. You know, have you ever seen the movie? I, I've yeah. seen
1: the movie, but whenever they refer to it, they're just like Little Pet Shop of Horrors. And I was just like, are you sure that's the name? <laughs>
2: Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, um, I did the, um, you know, the, it started in New York off Broadway. It was a, a, a musical.
3: It's mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the
2: original film. You, you remember that, you probably don't remember it, the one with Jack Nicholson back in the 60s.
3: Mm-hmm
1: um no i've not seen that
2: one <laughs> it's because it's, it's really not a great film but it's kind of fun and you can see where they got this inspiration to create this incredible musical mm-hmm. Yeah. so i worked on it i was not in the original cast but i was in the los angeles cast uh, i started out in new york actually starting out understudying all the characters including the voice of the plant do you, do you know anything about that that there's mm-hmm. a plant yeah and he's a big black man with a Audrey. deep, deep voice. Isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I actually I never had to go on for it, thank God, um, <laughs> because I went out to California to play the dentist. Um, and that's what I played. I, I did the dentist in Los Angeles, in New York, in two other productions. In fact, one of them, since you're from Louisiana or Georgia, well, who's close to Arkansas? Um,
1: um, that would Jackie, be me.
3: Okay.
2: Yeah, I did um, because I had done the show. I got called by Arkansas Repertory Theater. It's in Little Rock, Mm -hmm. and um, they were doing a production of Little Shop of Horrors, and they knew I had played the dentist. And it turns out the guy who was playing the dentist broke his leg the night before it was going to open in a preview performance, and there was it was the next day. It was opening night, Um, and they called me up that night and said, "Can you fly in tomorrow morning?" and do the show opening our opening night and I said okay it was (laughs) the most
3: difficult
2: thing I've ever done in my life because um the original show was very simple which is why it was it worked so brilliantly it was Howard Ashman who wrote and directed it Mm -hmm. you know who he was right he Mm -hmm. wound up writing Beauty and the Beast and all those other Mm -hmm. things um he wanted it really really simple and you know, not overly glitzed up or anything. Um, and it made it work so well. But this production in Little Rock was so intense. It was like super choreography, like tons of choreography. And I only had I literally got there that morning and I just said, you know what? I'm sorry you have to cut all this stuff. I'm doing what I know to do because I've done I've done the show a bunch of times. But even then it was I wound up doing it for five weeks because it took that guy forever to get back to being able to even walk again. and mm-hmm. It's no wonder he broke his leg, because they had him, like, jumping over furniture, and you know, <laughs> I said, I'm sorry, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so, But I got, I got a review. The opening review said, Little Shop is on its feet again. And then it was this whole thing, thanks to the bravery and remarkable talent of Howard Penhastic, who flew here from New York City to do this, to save this theater. I mean, it was... <laughs> Have happened. I know but it was hard. That was really tough.
0: I know. I know. Break your leg is supposed to be a thing, but I don't think you're supposed to take it literal.
2: Well, <laughs> speaking of breaking legs, um, that's my whole story about doing uh, Red Dead Redemption. Was um, I don't know. You may have heard this story already because I've said it in other interviews. But um, I broke my leg right before I was going to start filming. Mm. Did you ever hear that story? Mm. Yeah.
1: yeah. I was like, oh, no.
2: <laughs> literally, literally, kind of like, I went, fuck, I cannot believe this happened. Because um, I had to call my agent and say, I just broke my leg. And um, and I didn't hear anything from them for like six months. And by that time, I was actually walking again, but it took me a long time. And luckily, mm-hmm. I was able to to come into it and then work on it for like five more years.
0: Well, so did you at least... Did you at least break your leg in an interesting way?
2: Yeah, it was, no, it was a horrible way. Cause I literally was, um, I, I kind of feel like that breaking of my leg was what turned me from being a young man to an old man. Um, <laughs> I was always really um, very incredibly active and I still am, but um, I could literally, you know, we had a four floor walk up in New York city that we lived in. And that's even when I had a little baby and I could literally like, Run up and down those stairs in like, I think I could get down the stairs in fifteen seconds, and I would literally <laughs> jump from one landing to the next. And so we moved to a house in New Jersey when my son was. This was seven years ago, so I won't even say how old I was, but I was young for my age. Um, and I was literally taking the garbage out the front steps. There are like four stairs. And I just, like, tossed it into the garbage bag and fell down the stairs
3: <laughs> oh.
2: and broke my leg really badly. I broke it, like, in two places. Oh, my goodness. Ouch. And oh. It was was really bad. Uh,
0: so, basically, so- we're going to call this one Howard Stairs Revenge.
2: Really? <laughs> I felt like, that, like, stopped me from being able to do all those kinds of physical stuff. I mean... I could run faster than my son, who was very athletic, You know, up until he was about 10 or 12. He's 21 now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think from that point on, I couldn't even possibly have done any of that. So, you know, and then the, starting the game, thank God they never made me do too many like, physical <laughs> things. But they did have me like jumping up and down from, <laughs> at one point and, I, and having to run. Mm-hmm. and i'd like i couldn't walk for, for weeks after <laughs> oh. right.
4: yeah i think i heard roger say something like uh, it was a good physical workout with the rigorous kind of like movements yeah. that you had to essentially repeat you know for the motion capture
2: absolutely yeah he had to do a lot thank god i didn't have to do a lot <laughs> um and in fact i even told them that Cause I think they would have me like get shot. I and mean, I think I got shot <laughs> in the game, right? I nothing, I all, and I'd have to do all that stuff. And, um, and I did it. I was amazed that I could, but I was, it was right after breaking my leg and, you know, I wasn't quite as able to do those things that I might've been, if I hadn't broken my leg, but
3: that's, that's what happens. Yeah. What you got to do is what you got.
1: Yeah, it's it's probably like whenever we see Strauss, he's he's really not doing anything. He may walk on camp <laughs> most of the time he's sitting.
2: <laughs> you know, I always would feel like I would come into a scene and it was always like, where am I going to be today? Oh, you're going to be sitting on that log or, or you're going to be... Si- <laughs>
4: <laughs> I did get one scene where I did see the Reverend essentially begging Strauss for money and then Strauss just brushes him off. just so like, go get out of here and yeah. We're not a charity type of thing, just yeah. get lost basically.
2: Yeah, and toward the end of the game, he's more physically active because, um, you know, early on with all the missions, I mean, those are like, you know, just me sitting there telling Roger what to do. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you were in a position
3: of power, yeah, power, really. <laughs>
0: um,
1: Out of of all of the the mediums that you've been in so far, film, video games, theater, uh, TV, anything like that, which one would you say was your favorite out of them?
3: Oh, theater.
2: I think every actor says theater that's done theater. I mean, it's kind of hard to, like – I mean, I love doing film and TV and everything, but theater is, like, the best. I mean, it's just – there's really nothing else like it. It's, and it is in many ways the hardest. But at the same time, you know, it's just you out there doing your thing versus breaking it up into five years of <laughs> like with the video game or mm-hmm. a film where you're just doing like a scene here and there. And um, I love doing that. It's just the theater is just so great, you know, and mm. you just can do anything really
0: okay so I have a question and I'm, I'm gonna throw back to a portion that shall not be mentioned that never <laughs> happened <clears throat> um <laughs> God I can't believe I did that anyway um, when I know uh, you've mentioned before that you you're not really uh, you, you're not a gamer you're not you've never really played video games or anything like that but you you've seen the game played before right Oh.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. My son, played it. my son played it. Probably he was one of the first people to play it.
0: That is really cool. One of, the,
2: <laughs> one of the perks of doing the game was I got it right, right on, you know, um, and he played it and he loved it.
0: So did he walk up and go, hi dad.
2: <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Cause he's in the Marines now. <laughs> and I literally they're they're in Japan. And they're like, like twelve hours. Let's see, right now it's I think five in the morning there. Um, so one night I got a call from him and all of these marine friends of his asking me all about the game. <laughs> and I was like, literally, I was like five in the morning here, and I was it was dark. But for them it was nighttime, so they were they were having a good time, and they were just freaking out that that you know Leopold Strauss is super tired, you know. <laughs>
0: That's really funny. Okay, so but the, the main question I was actually going to ask was, because you did have to rely so much on your imagination when you did these things, how did everything match up to like what you imagined versus what the game actually was? Like, was it close? Did it exceed? Did it you know fall pa- like below par?
2: Well, I mean, I mean, what they created was like just genius. And I don't think any of us. Probably knew that that was what it was going to be like when we were doing. Mm. I wonder. I mean, maybe Roger did, but I don't think. I don't even know if he did when he was doing it. Um, I mean, you're doing it and you kind of just like go, "Wow, they, that was a good day." You know, we filmed this scene or that scene and it was great, and uh, it seemed like it went well. And, but who knew it was going to be what it looked like when you finally saw it?
3: Mm. You know, mm.
2: that was the thing that was so amazing about. It. They, they're able to do it's just it is brilliant mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of the character though um that's I think I might have mentioned that was also the situation was you didn't always know what the character where the character was or what was happening mm-hmm. at that particular time um, so you kind of like would um, often find out the day you got there I mean they would send you the scenes ahead of time and you could learn them, but you didn't really always know what's happening in this scene? I have no idea. Mm -hmm. And and then you go in there and you find out and you kind of just, again, like it's like acting, which is so great. You just do make believe. Mm -hmm. That's what's so great, I think, about that I love about acting. It's like one of the only careers, I think, that are like that, where it's just, you just kind of just have to trust yourself and just go out there and do it and just get into this world and that's what's so great about actors, I think, as people is that they have that ability to just, you know, connect, you know, it, mm-hmm. you have to like, when you play a love scene, you may not have never have never met the woman before and you have to go in there and make love and you just go, okay, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it, that's what you have to do, you know, that's your
4: job. I think what well, at least allures me to quite the, the acting industry is the fact that you can escape to essentially other other worlds other types of people that are outside of who you are and you get to be somebody else and you know prime example like if you're in a period drama set in the 1840s thereabouts you could just Try I mean, you can't exalt, obviously get into that mind frame of, you know, being in that time, but you can try and imagine. I don't know if I'm making sense. Well, you know, but... <laughs>
2: it's making sense. Oh. What it's all about is, and imagination is ninety percent of it. I really think. Mm. Um, having a great imagination. That's why you know, young actors, they can do nothing else. Just train your imagination. Um, mm. it's really, all, you know, it's kind of weird when you think about it. It's not that much different from what you do when you play, you know, when you're playing a video game where you're just kind of in that world and you're just going through it and, and living it, you know, and that's, mm. that's what acting, and what's cool about acting, I think, is that there are times when it goes really, really, really well, which is those things I think you live for where it does feel like time stopped. I mean, I can, I can count on my hand, maybe, I don't remember in my career, they are the times I like I strive for and they don't happen that often, but it's the times where it just feels like I just, I wasn't even there. Somehow I I wasn't there at all. It was like, I don't even know what happened, but I know it felt, it felt almost like being with God. I mean, it's that kind of feeling. It feels very spiritual.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm. like
2: you're not you're who you are is completely gone and yet it's completely there at the you're so fully yourself and yet so fully that character and so fully in the moment and so fully that you don't even know what's going on around you you do and you don't it's kind of this weird combination Mm -hmm. it's a cool thing i think it's what i think writers feel when they're or composers composers feel when they're in the midst of composing and You know, it's just such a wonderful feeling.
0: Yeah. Okay, so we kind of touched base on this one a little bit earlier. um, So I want to revisit it again. Um, In your opinion, what is probably the most surprising thing about the Red Dead Redemption community as a whole?
2: I think it's, I think, is mind-blowing for me. And that's, and I've been doing, I've been acting for God, about 50 years now, I guess. Um, And in my entire life, I've never had a a fan base where people are so into this game to the point where, you know, I mean, people dress up like the characters and they make this incredible artwork and they do what you guys are doing. And there's, I mean, there's just so, it's just, it, it just blows my mind. And I guess the artwork, nothing else. I've just been like just words can't describe what you think when you see some of this stuff and you go these people are brilliant you know they're really and the fact that they love the game that much that they want to create things around the game mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it's just I, i'm i'm inspired by it i just find it like so much fun cuz i've done a lot of great things and i've never had you know it's kind of it's very ephemeral especially theater is really ephemeral where mm-hmm. it's like you're there that moment and then it's gone and it will never be the same you'll never have it again Mm -hmm. aim is will be there for who knows how long and people are so into it and love it so much it's just it's i just
4: it's like a virtual book is the way that i usually view video games is obviously you're the player you essentially carve the narrative obviously depending on the type of game but they're the type of games that I tend to gravitate towards because, you know, can't be a good story. Right. Can't be a good narrative with good characters. That's the way I see it.
2: Yeah. It's amazing. And the, the fact that they were able to create the entire world and all, I mean, the detail, it's like I said, it's five to six years of, of storytelling. You know, even a miniseries would, you know, if. You know, they would maybe film it like The Crown, I think they've been filming for what, five years or what. There are series that do that, but not too many.
3: Mm.
2: Yeah, it's just amazing.
1: Yeah, it's um I I understand the whole thing with, with theater because uh I used to be in an orchestra, so there'll be times where we would get a song and like get it really quickly and when we perform it the emotion and everything of us being there in that moment is like um it's probably one of the the best feelings because we'll we'll have performed it to our best of ability and we'll have done everything that we're supposed to and hit all of our marks and then we'll perform it later and it's it sort of doesn't feel the same um Mm it's in a way it's kind of like capturing trying to capture lightning in a bottle like twice in a row you can only do it once and then maybe in once another time in a blue moon you may be able to do it again
2: but you know that's what's also the coolest thing i think about acting and that's is that and, and even music i mean singing um i know singers like opera singers who say the best i've ever sung really was in the shower and You know, there are other times where people are raving about their performances and they felt like that was the worst performance ever, you know? (laughs) Um, So you can never know what, and I think that's what I've never liked ultimately about acting, is you never know what, you know what you're feeling, but you don't necessarily know how that's translating. Um, And you just have to kind of go with it and have your experience. And then you never can get it it's never going to be the same twice. Mm. But that's what's so great about it, having a technique is that even on the days where, you know, you feel terrible or, you, you know, you have a bad night or it's really, you know, who knows what can happen. You can still somehow give a performance that's, you know, that most people would say was great, you know. I mean, it may not be, but at least, you know, it's one of those weird things about, I think, about acting in general. Or singing, or dancing, or any kind of um, anything in which it it's, it can change. I mean, mm-hmm. I think once you're dealing with things like painting and writing, once it's on the page and once it's on the on the you know it's painted, it's it's kind of done. I mean, you can kind of rewrite it or whatever, but anything in which it's a performing aspect of things like dance, music, acting, you know, any of that, um, it, it's different every single time. And
0: And,
2: yet, no, I mean, I'm saying, but yet, you know, you can still, you can do like, um, if you're doing a play, you can do six months, uh, a six month run. And every night you're doing it for eight performances a week. And you you know, there are some performances where you feel like, oh, my God, it's horrible. And yet people still loved it. So you just never know.
0: I think that's um, especially from a writing perspective is I I've I've watched a lot of authors do interviews and things like that and a lot of people will ask like um, when did you when did you know the book was done and it's like well when my deadline came up or you know did we do you ever get to a point where you stop hating it and they're like I'll tell you when I find out <laughs> um I don't <laughs> at least for writing i don't think anyone ever 100% loves whatever they do there's always that one thing where you like you get it published you get it out there and you go oh man i could have done that so much better i could have done that yeah. so differently yeah. and um i know like catherine who is a goddess amongst humans don't let her tell you otherwise <laughs> yeah. she she's like perfect um she does a lot of writing she sings and all the stuff and she's like so hard on herself so yes i'm calling you out woman um but yeah she'll draw things and she it's like
4: oh my god this is beautiful and she goes "Ah, it's okay it's it it (laughs) okay." i think i think that in general is just the essence of being a creative soul is your your own worst critic at the end of the day and you can picture things in your head and then once you execute it you think that is nothing like how i had it in my head just uh, I don't want to acknowledge what that was. Just, I
2: think ultimately, you just have to trust. Um, you have to trust. Like, if you have a director, you have to trust the director. If you, if you have a script, you have to trust the script. If you have, um, and you have to trust your technique. I think ultimately is what it comes down to, also, because ultimately it is a technique. You know, you mm-hmm. have to learn how to do it, like having to learn to sing and having to learn to play an instrument. And then just hope that you're doing it as best you can, you know, Mm -hmm. and and knowing that your technique hopefully is good enough that even when you're not at your absolute best, you can still do it. And I think that's the, to me, um, acting can be really easy, but then it can be incredibly difficult. And I think it's difficult Mm -hmm. when, you know, if you have a bad play, for instance, to make that work is really hard. Um, and yet, People do it all the time, so when I mean, you see um I remember when I was in acting school, we would always be told, you know it's you know a, a great actor in a great play or a great movie or whatever, mm-hmm. that's great, but when you see somebody in like a TV series for instance that's not very well written and you get this like brilliant actor in the role, and you go mm. like you had no idea it was badly written because they were so good that they made it look good um and that's what that's where it becomes hard, I think
0: yeah i know from from like the viewer because i actor i am not but uh from the point of view as point of view of the viewer there's so many so many times where i've described a movie as man the movie was shit but the acting was incredible
2: yeah and there are a lot of great actors out there now you know i mean i think acting has evolved a lot over the course of uh, the last hundred years probably Mm -hmm. Uh, evolved a lot um and uh It's at a point now where um, I think it's probably at its peak in terms of great actors. Mm -hmm. Great stars I'm not always sure about because I think there was a time maybe that there were people that were so uniquely who they were that you would pay money to see them in anything because of them, Mm -hmm.
4: only because of
2: them. And there are people like that still, but... They aren't quite the same as it was. I think back, like in the old Hollywood days, where you had people, yeah. Jimmy Stewart and Clark Gable and Betty Davis, and people that always knew exactly what they were going to be like, and yet they were so great at at what they did. You know, mm. um, and that, that's like real stardom. That it's it's a little different today, when you have these really great actors who are more. You know, that's the thing. It's interesting is that they're more the character is more important than necessarily them as being the stars.
3: You mm-hmm. Know?
2: Mm-hmm. And you and their acting is so great that you kind of want to see them for the acting, not because of them being this thing that this created thing. You know?
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It's really, it's really funny because earlier we were talking about like the fact that there is there is an age gap between you and us but you just threw out so many names that like I grew up watching because my mom uh, loves like all of the, all of those old timey, sorry, shows. And so I ended up growing up with it, like Carol Burnett, the Carol Burnett show and all that, that was like, those were my heroes. Mm. So yeah, like I saw, and a lot of them, a lot of the people that you just mentioned would become guests on the Carol Burnett show. So that I got familiar with those too. My grandmother was like, (laughs) the biggest fan of John Wayne no one can argue with me on that one because she would literally take you down if you got between her and the tv when John Wayne was on tv um
2: he's the perfect to me the perfect example of that because he was probably not a great actor ultimately Um, Mm -hmm. and especially if you watch his early stuff before he became a star Mm -hmm. Uh, pretty pretty bad actually um but he created this John Wayne character that he created, I mean, that was, it was something manufactured. It was like Mae West created, Do you all know who Mae West was? Yes. I mean, they mm-hmm. created this character and it became, you know, he, he was brilliant at it and it, it had a career. He must have made what, a hundred movies. And, um, and he was always great in each one as John Wayne, you know, that character. And he, he became a good actor at, at doing that character.
0: I I think the equivalent now would that people like around our age group would be able to understand would be Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise in every single movie, every single role he's ever done, and yet
2: though you know I I used to think that that might be true, but I think you know what he's he's a much better actor than than people realize. Mm
0: -hmm. If
2: you look at the kinds of roles he's played over the course, I mean he has created a certain like Mission Impossible kind of a character. That is, but then you look at some of the other stuff he's done, like from Risky Business, on mm-hmm. that are all very, very. De- I mean, you can't imagine the guy in Risky Business as being the same guy as um, Mission Impossible. You know, what I mean, or Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Top Gun or whatever. So, so I think he's a much better actor than. And plus, have you seen some of his character stuff, like Magnolia? Have you mm-hmm. ever seen that? Mm-hmm. I mean, you wouldn't even know it was the same actor. I mean, mm-hmm. no. So I think he's he's a, he is more of an actor than John Wayne could never have done that stuff.
4: Oh no.
0: No. You know. No, not
4: at all. <laughs> I think that's always my favorite thing, at least when you when you're watching actors, is when they're playing against their typecast. Mm-hmm. It's like you get character like actors who are predominantly known in comedy, like prime example, uh John C. Riley, he's always usually perceived to be in like Will Farrell comedies. But the last movie I seen with him in it was Stan and Ollie, where he was playing Oliver Hardy and he played an absolute blinder and the movie got me choked up because I love Laurel and Hardy to death, but they were, they were their own caricatures. And then when you look into the men behind the characters, completely different,
0: Exactly.
4: completely different
0: well here's a good one here's a good one for you Leslie Nielsen Leslie Nielsen started off his career in like really serious dramatic roles and and then towards the end of his career he took on mostly comedy I
2: yeah, know it's kind of amazing yeah he had an amazing career
0: mm, I oh, I love Leslie Nielsen I was I I was the I was that crazy person that sobbed when I found out he passed away him and uh, Tim Conway
2: oh, great <sighs> too
3: yeah
2: yeah there's a lot of great people out there Mhm. Uh, yeah every year when people pass away you just go like oh my god I can't believe that they're not going to be around anymore
0: right and then it's like but the, I think that's the, that's the beautiful thing about like film and video games and all that stuff it's like in a weird way when you when you fall in love with one of these mediums be it theater be it whatever you you can kind of look at them as old friends right. and so you can go back and it's like you watch this movie and it's like ah Hello, old friend.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: I I mean, I think film is just the most amazing thing ever. And and the fact that you can actually see film, even from like the the turn of the last century, like the 1890s, see old movies from, you know, before, and see these people walking around doing stuff and you go, God, they're not that different from how we are, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, so you kind of think back. I'm always constantly amazed by history and thinking about, people from like you know hundreds of years ago and what their lives must have been like and i'm sure it was like totally different and yet mm. still people you know mm-hmm. that's what's so incredible about it
0: and I think it kind of it bridges a lot of gaps, I think, because, you know, like I said, that was my mom introduced me to a lot of a lot of the the old shows and a lot of the old movies and stuff like that. And it kind of sparked a love for like that kind of that style that those those genres and whatnot. So that was our that bridged the gap between us in a way. And and it was like, you you kind of get a really interesting and unique insight into what the mindset was like during this this era and what was you know what were what were considered taboo what was considered value at the time and seeing how that has changed over time yeah
2: yeah it's amazing i i i love history so i just sometimes i think wouldn't it be so cool if you could actually see a movie of like abraham lincoln really talking you know yeah um, mm. You know, that's something that we can hear about, but nobody knows exactly, only descriptions. Mm-hmm. And so, but you can never, I mean, anybody from the 20th century on, you can kind of know what they sounded like. And it's just so weird to think back and go, God, wouldn't it be so cool to be able to actually see them in person, really? Like, And you, you can't do that after a certain point. That was not possible. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah,
2: uh, anyway, <laughs>
1: um have you do you have like a i know that you said before um that there was a lot of scenes that you don't really remember but was there Uh, uh, that stood out to you that that had been something that you liked doing when you were playing when you were doing the the game
2: yeah i mean i i I, what i really liked was and i guess are all the cutscenes mostly (laughs) Uh. Both of the scenes, there were more like scenes, and um, and I loved. I mean, I, I think I've said this also in other interviews too, because I just loved doing it. It was the campfire scenes
3: where mm-hmm.
2: people all talked about their early lives and stuff, because mm-hmm. um, it kind of was very human. You just started to realize, oh my god, these people are really human beings, not mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. these characters. Um, and so the fact that they had this past life that they talked about and you can see how that made them who they were kind of or how they became who they were Mm -hmm. um i that's what i loved and and i did love even the scenes toward the end where um things were getting bad in the camp and i mean just because Strauss suddenly was no longer this cold icy heartless kind of person or seemingly that way Mm -hmm. um he probably was that way um you know he suddenly became somebody who was scared you know and that's kind of interesting to see that and Mm -hmm. those were fun to play only because they weren't you know for for years most of the time he was just being you know go kill this guy you know you know like know, get rid of them you know so all that stuff you know but um suddenly he was like scared and frightened and it was kind of cool to see or fun to play anyway
0: and it kind of provides uh, it, it kind of provides a unique insight because people will people will do some of the people will do the exact opposite of what you expect of them when they are afraid.
3: Yeah,
2: or they won't. <laughs> <Sometimes>, <laughs> or they won't. You know that's what's so kind of amazing to me. When I I don't want to get political now, but I'm kind of amazed at what's happening with this whole election because he's not our president currently is not doing at all what you. He's not doing anything differently than what you'd expect. He's doing exactly <laughs> what you'd expect. Um,
0: just with a lot more fear behind it, yeah.
2: <laughs> it, it might be very, but he's not showing that fear, that's for sure. Um, oh, no.
0: He's just desperately grasping at straws, hoping one of them will stick. But
2: <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of like what he's always done, so it, he hasn't changed any. That's what's interesting about some characters, um, you know, Someone like Pym is probably not going to go through a big change in his life, except who knows what will happen at some point, you know, where there might be, he might have some sort of redemption, I think. Again, I don't want to get political, but I mean, I, I always find an arc of a character interesting because you always see what will happen or what may never happen. He may die thinking that he was. That he should have won the Nobel Prize, and that um, he should be on Mount Rushmore, and that he was the greatest president since Abraham Lincoln. You know, mm-hmm. I think that or believing it if he if he ever really believes it. You know, but we'll see. Yeah,
1: and <laughs> it, it is one of those things. you just kind of have to wait and see sometimes. Um, any, I know we had touched on it. Uh, again before i'm sorry (laughs) um but any kind of behind the scenes stories from filming that you can talk about i know we we touched on that rockstar is very 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 secretive about how they do their motion capture they may show off some things like the actors walking around like the stage but other than that they won't show anything else so is there um, anything that you can talk about that rock star is not going to knock on your door and go, you can't do that.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: no, I mean, basically, I can only talk about, I can't talk about the technical things, I think.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I can just talk about what it's like the process of acting within that context. Mm-hmm. It is it is a whole, I mean, the fact that you're not wearing a costume and that you're, and you are, there is a camera, like, right there. Um, I think that people know right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean I hope that's not giving anything away
0: (laughs) Um, knock 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 it's rock star
3: (laughs) I mean I'm just
2: because I never had to do a love scene but I always wondered how do you do that with I I don't know how they do that tell you the truth because there were times um, actually it would be funny there were times that that was a funny thing where where your thing got caught in something (laughs) 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 it was kind of like oops I guess we have to stop the stop filming because I'm stuck.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know I I saw an interview with um, Alex McKenna, Alex McKenna, McKenna. uh, Her last name slipped me, but um, she was talking about like trying to give like somebody a hug. And then it was like, oh, wires are crossed. We're stuck. Hang on.
3: I know. (laughs) How?
2: Oh, I'm sorry. There were a lot. I think one time I actually had to like. It was in one of the only shootout things that I was in, but Mm -hmm. I actually got my thing caught into like a wall, and I couldn't. And I was supposed to run. (laughs) I was. They had to like undo me. (laughs) Anyway,
0: that's really funny to picture. See, my problem is like I become hyper focused on whatever's in front of me. So I'd be sitting there like trying not to get cross-eyed while I was like looking Mm -hmm. at like. There's a thing in my face. Get it out. <laughs>
2: don't really, that's the cool thing is you don't really see that. I mean, you're doing the scene with it's like me looking at whoever I'm looking at right now. You know, I, I might have this thing on me, but you don't really feel like that's that, you don't see it. You, that's why mm-hmm. sometimes you forget it's there and and you get caught in something. You know.
0: So it becomes kind of like your nose after a while. Like you can always see it.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or like wearing glasses or whatever, you know.
0: See, now I just became hyper-aware of the fact that I'm wearing glasses, so that's all I can see.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's funny, because you get so used to them after a while. I mean, it's so funny, because I never wore glasses until I turned 40. And, uh, in fact, I I actually bought a pair of glasses with clear clear glass, because I thought it would make me look smarter (laughs) for certain roles. Now I have a problem, because I can't read without my glasses. And so if I have an audition, unless I... I have the uh, script really huge. I, I can't do the scene without that. And that's really frustrating to me because there's a lot of times I'd rather be not having to deal with the glasses. Um, and that's something, too. I, I couldn't, I, I wasn't ever wearing my glasses when I had this stuff on. So, um, yeah, luckily I never had to read anything because I couldn't. <laughs> I mean, it <you> know, <laughs> Even when i had a book it wasn't a real book so i didn't have to worry about the fact that i had no idea what i was writing or reading it <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so i know you're coming up close to time to leave us so i'm going to throw out this question and then we'll go into our lightning round Okay. all right so any embarrassing moments you're okay with sharing with us other than running into a wall that doesn't count
2: oh well yeah those um know, i mean I did a play once where I literally, uh, you know, I've done a lot of musicals. And Mm. uh, so I was in like the front right there, right out front, singing, doing the whole big thing. And it wasn't until I came off stage that I realized that my fly was down and that
3: I was
2: hanging out the entire time. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) But um, that was probably, I guess, about the most embarrassing. Oh, 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 I was saying that this was embarrassing. I was saying that the first professional job I ever had was doing this play called Tecumseh, which is an outdoor drama in Ohio about the Indian chief Tecumseh. And I played an Indian um, and I actually played an Indian chief. I was only like 23 years old and I was playing an Indian chief and they gave us horses to ride. I think I I was in our last incarnation, I was telling you the story about getting (laughs) horses. And, but I, I had to at one point ride up a hill, and the horse would like, and we were bareback, you know, but the horse would decide every now and then that he didn't want to go up the path, but he wanted to go up like the side of the hill. And one night he really tried to go up the side of the hill so that he was like straight up. And I was on him and I slid off the back of the horse. And then, and I was supposed to be this big Indian chief, and I was supposed to then like try to get up the hill And the horse was, I was like trying to push the horse up the hill and I was trying to climb. It was so embarrassing. And there were like 1,500 people watching this thing laughing. Oh, no. That also happened, I did a play too where I was pushed onto a stump and I fell off the stump and I'm hanging off into the pit, hanging by my legs around the stump and I couldn't get back up and the other actor wasn't even helping me get up again. (laughs) He's a big star,
0: just laughing about it all. You got yourself in the position. You improv your way out of it, sir.
1: (laughs) Just gracefully slide off the side and just come
2: around. I literally couldn't. It was a big stump. And my Mm -hmm. legs were around around it. And my stomach muscles weren't strong enough to be able to, like, climb up. He finally (laughs) helped me up. But, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) After he laughed at
3: you. (laughs) How rude!
1: <laughs> um, is there anything coming up that you're really excited that you can talk about, like no. plays or anything?
2: Oh, no. Not- like, theater is dead. You know, it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's so sad. I mean, mm. right before the pandemic started, I was I was in the last play, and I haven't done anything since. I've done like some video stuff, like Zoom things, and I've done. Um, I do. You know, one of the things that I do as an actor, which I don't know, this is like this is something I, I play. I do medical things mm-hmm. where I play characters who are sick usually um, or crazy or whatever. I mean, I play lots of characters for medical students primarily. Um, and I do a lot of that still. And I can do a lot of that on Zoom, in fact, because um, I can do like a telemedicine appointment where I have COVID or something and, mm-hmm. and I'm sick. Uh so that that's something I'm still doing, but no, there's not much happening. I mean, I have one thing that might be happening, and I don't want to talk about it because you know I've learned too much in this business that you never know until until you finally are finished with it whether or not it's going to even really happen.
0: Yeah, mm. I can I can definitely say one thing is for certain is that COVID has definitely changed the way we, like life just in general. Like I was I was watching television the other day. And they had a commercial on and like everyone in the commercials wearing masks. And I'm like, I'm just I'm just thinking like you like they show news footage of like 20, 30 years ago when um, or maybe not that far, but where they had like the big uh, SARS outbreak in China. And they showed news footage of that now. And it's like, that's such a bizarre thing to look at. What is that going to look like 20 years from now? And we look back and watch everything. And it's like like i I remember one of the first things um i work in a hotel um and we had someone walk through and i went oh man i really love your mask and i'm like how weird is that that that's a thing we're complimenting now it was a cool mask that was like all
4: bedazzled it was really cool i just (laughs) i just find it weird going into quite local shops because over here in scotland it is compulsory on not only public transport but for going into public places like you know supermarkets you have to wear a mask every time i rock up to the local supermarket i feel like i'm about to rob the place yeah i'm gonna pull up the mask and it's (laughs) give me all your bread (laughs)
2: because i'm so used to looking at people's faces and so every time now when i'm you know around people and they're wearing a mask you know you you only can see their eyes and
0: Mm -hmm. it's a weird thing I think I think one thing is um, I've had to learn because obviously working in hospitality, one of the things is you're supposed to be very bright and friendly with a smile on your face and hi, welcome to wherever I work. And you have to end up putting so much of your emotion into your eyes. So you can't just have that dead glare of I really don't want to be here anymore. Okay. So now it's like your eyes have to be happy, but your mouth can be just...
3: <laughs> so bizarre. Yeah.
1: Um any advice for new actors or actresses coming uh into it cuz uh we have one here Nicola who wants to go back to school for for acting.
2: Really? We're going to be studying.
4: Uh well there's a local college um not too far away from where I live uh, and they have uh several qualification courses that are focused on around drama um and i'm looking into hopefully getting into into that um it'd be next year later next year hopefully well, but cool. yeah it's something i've been quite holding back out of you know maybe i'm a bit too old now and oh, no. uh this it's relevant yeah, Mick said that to me. <laughs> Mick said that to me. Um, but it's like, it's like you were saying about, you know, playing imagination when you were a kid. I've always loved that and I still, still do now.
2: So that's really where it's at, you know, I mean, ultimately, I mean, and the hard part about it is once you start learning everything you need to know in terms of how to act correctly mm-hmm. uh, to get that back is tough so you can keep that and still try to be um try to do all the uh, the technical things that are required as an actor um mm-hmm. which is mostly i think the fact that of taking a, a, a script and making it come alive you know that's that's really the, that's the hardest thing about acting ultimately
4: mm-hmm.
2: especially if it's a hard, if it's like i was saying earlier if it's not a very well written play yeah make that really work that's where you see really great acting that's where that and that's what's so great i think as an actor is to be able to to have that but go to school and just um it's easy to get discouraged it's a really
4: hard yeah it's very i self-sabotage a lot so
2: (laughs) no you you can't i mean that's easy to do i mean that happens Mm. but at the same time if you can avoid that and just try to keep you know try to keep positive despite the fact that it's, it's hard, you know. I, I don't know. I mean, I always tell people, you know, if you either do it or you don't because, you know, unless you love it more than anything in the world, um, you know, it's not worth it. But if you love it more than anything, and mm-hmm. because I kind of feel like for me, um, I don't feel fully alive, I think, unless I am acting. Mm-hmm. And um, I've managed to, like, have a life that I feel like is probably as good as that, but I think ultimately what I, I feel the most alive when I'm acting mm-hmm. and, that, and that doesn't happen as often as you would like. So, unless you happen to be somebody lucky enough to be able to act all the time, mm-hmm. especially doing something you really love doing, um, it's tough, it's a tough career, but it's I it's learning. I
0: know. I know for me, um, I've told the story prior, but um, I tried to do acting when I was in high school and I was not very good at it. I really wasn't, but I ended up, uh, part of the project that we had to do that was graded was we, um, we had to sit down as a class and we had to write, produce, and perform this show. And that to me was the best part was being part of the writing process and so to see these young upcoming high school actresses and actors and they would perform things that i had written and just watching like i wrote that and that came to life on the stage like that to me was the fun part
2: yeah yeah it is yeah it's a it's a great thing to do i just i kind of I, I would never discourage somebody from being an actor, but at the same time I wouldn't encourage them either. I just kind of feel like it's gotta be something that you have to just want to do more than anything in the world.
1: Mm. Um, so we're going to there was there was one other question that you had already answered in the before, um about in if In the before. You, in <laughs> the before if you would <laughs> of...
2: now be retitled in the before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you could be a part of another uh video game and I, I think that you did say that you would do it in a heartbeat if you could I, do it again, yeah, I loved it yeah yeah I've, um I've yeah.
2: one since mm-hmm. and it was yeah, it was quite it was it was actually one where i and i I, I thought I gave a great audition, I didn't get it, but um. Mm -hmm. casting people all said that was like i only did one take and they said that was like brilliant which they don't usually say to you when you audition Um, yeah but i still didn't get it but it was like (laughs) to have to play a really old uh like uh gandalf kind of character you know which i don't even know what game it was because they don't ever tell you what the actual game is Mm. um but i would have loved to have done that it would have been really fun but
1: I, I think we would love to see you in like another video game or just to hear your voice or see your name in it. I think that'd be fun. Just yeah. like, hey, we know that guy.
2: <laughs> it's so cool to think, too, because none of the, the actors are really much like their characters
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, in, in Red Dead. Um, and that's what's always so cool to me, is that um, you see them as these characters, and everybody who plays the game sees them as these characters, but we're all just these interesting people that are nothing like those characters
0: (laughs) (laughs) and see that was that was a funny thing about um right after we interviewed mick we jumped back on red dead online and he he and sean is actually in the online version as well and we were riding past and he yelled out to us and we were like mick sean wait we know that guy
2: (laughs) oh wow
1: Um, so now we're in we call them lightning round they're mostly just really easy questions you can answer yes no um or just you know real quick so uh this is a sort of a running joke because i had placed it in our last interview with mick and um jackie asked it as well as the uh may we call you may we call you mick um so do you like eggs
2: I'm like, oh, yeah, I love eggs, except I have high cholesterol now, so I shouldn't be eating them.
1: Oh, no. Um,
2: I do love them, yeah. <laughs>
3: uh,
1: coffee, tea, or neither? Uh,
2: I love coffee, but I try not to drink too much of it anymore, only because mm-hmm. uh, if I drink too much, it upsets my stomach. You know, that's what happens when you start getting older. So I drink <laughs> a lot of coffee, um, and I, don't, I drink like one cup a day now but I do love it.
1: Um, morning or night, do you feel?
2: That's interesting, too, because I always was like a night person, primarily mm-hmm. theater and, and you know, the show's over at 11, then you want to go and party and whatever, and you sleep till noon. Um, and that's what I did for a long, long time until I had a kid, you know, and it's 21 now, but 20-some years ago, You have to get up like super early when they get up you know and um yeah you start getting used to it and then all these film shoots are early anyway so it kind of after a while now i still i still even now get up i never i haven't slept past eight or nine o'clock even on a weekend and i can't remember
1: oh wow um are there any favorite types of things that you like to eat during the fall like when it gets towards cold cold quote unquote here um because it doesn't never really get cold but i usually like to try to buy those danish butter cookies that they sell and that that's usually like a fall thing for me but is there anything you like to do my wife
2: is her family's from denmark um mm-hmm. and so she loves danish butter cookies and she's actually even made them um <sighs> so i never think of that i think actually is like a christmas thing so i guess maybe falls you know um but uh yeah i i I don't know it's there's so many things I love, but I guess in terms of fall, I always think of things like squash and everything hmm um, and I do love making like acorn squash and butternut squash and I always like doing squashy kinds of foods
0: see when it starts okay. to get cold here, it's called soup season <laughs> mm. yeah. it-
1: yeah, it it gets cold for like a week, and then it gets hot again. And our Christmas is usually rain—just rain,
0: lots of rain—while being very warm. Our Christmas is usually either raining or ninety degrees. There is no in between.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, it's that way up here. I think. I mean, maybe with global warming happening, I I don't I can't recall the last like super freezing christmas it was white
0: probably several years ago Um, that's one of the reasons why i hate the i'm dreaming of a white christmas i'm because like they started playing it at work and it was like every rendition of that song and it's like we're southern we don't get white christmases go away
1: (laughs) um speaking of of christmas is there any kind of traditions that you do once it gets closer like um Recently, I think Roger had talked about setting up the Christmas tree, about when should you do it about, and I usually do it like a week or so before Christmas starts, we put up all the decorations, but some people are like, I'm decorating my Christmas house, my house in Christmas now, and it's like November 1st, so.
2: <laughs> well, the interesting thing is I'm Jewish, so. Uh, oh. Christmas. Although we, we, we always gave gifts at Christmas time because my father traveled a lot, so he was always home at Christmas. So we would always have gifts that day, but we never, like, it was just kind of like a thing we did because everyone else gave gifts that day. Um, yeah. But my wife is Christian and um, she's, her family's, like, really into Christmas and we used to always go there and, you know, and then ever since my son was born, we always had a Christmas tree here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, you know she's she has more ornaments than anyone alive. She could really <laughs> probably have an ornament museum. Which literally, we have a basement in our house that has boxes after boxes of ornaments from every place we we used to act together. So we would tour all over the world, mm. and wherever we were, we would get ornaments from that place for her, and she would buy them and order them from this, you know, this play and this city and this wherever and so we have thousands of ornaments Mm -hmm. and she does certain christmas trees like for a theme like i think we were in texas for a long time working together so we did like a whole texas christmas and we were in the caribbean working together so we did a caribbean christmas tree Mm -hmm. and we did a christmas carol together so we did a whole christmas carol christmas tree Um, So we have like every year is a different thing. She'll mm-hmm. do a Danish Christmas tree, at, you know, because she has all these Danish ornaments. Um, yeah, so it's, been, it's always been kind of fun.
1: Do you um, do kind of like a mix of both Hanukkah and Christmas? Like, well, um, she
2: does. I, I don't celebrate anything, tell you the truth. I mean, because I'm kind of like not religious or anything. But um, yeah, my wife is into everything and she celebrates Hanukkah and Christmas. Um, <laughs> not jewish um and my son would luck out because he was born january 15th so Mm. he would always get like tons of gifts for hanukkah and like a week or two later depending on when it fell he would get tons of christmas gifts and then two weeks later was his birthday and he would get tons of gifts so he had this like you know trifecta every year
3: talk
0: about lucking out (laughs) um but
1: Thank you so much for for joining us. We're sorry again. We apologize so, so much. We're so <laughs> embarrassed uh, about what happened earlier, but we really enjoy talking to you.
2: I hope this was fun. It was fun for me.
3: <laughs> bye bye
1: bye bye. So we're on our last episode, and we fucked it up, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um we're still recording um we have to there's there's just a couple more little housekeeping things we gotta do
0: oh this, trust me i'm never stopping the recording now we were recording till the end of our fucking days now Jeez. i'm tired
3: oh my god
0: it's
1: just we're just gonna read off some of the answers that we got for our for our last question of the season, this is our last, our last episode for, for this, um, for this season, season, season one. one, season one. And we, <laughs> Jesus. Um. So yeah. So, <laughs> um, that was really nice of Howard that he was here. Uh, it was very lovely talking to him. We feel so bad, like. <laughs> That whole embarrassment jackie Ooh. she was dying and she was crying and we were just like we're sorry we're so sorry um but yes this episode is a little bit extra long because we're just gonna read our last questions we're gonna just give another little thank yous and then that's it you guys won't hear from us ever because that's it that was the end of our career <laughs> <laughs> the end of it <laughs> that was it is we we had more plans for other guests to come and we're just like you know what no thank you.
0: This, consider this my official resignation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh Jesus, um, but yeah, okay. So uh, we did ask a question last week, and the question that we had asked was. Um, because we had talked about careers on our episode, so we wanted to know what did you want to be growing up? And um, Jackie, of course, commented, and she mm-hmm. said that she wanted to be a reverse stripper, which I'm just like, <laughs> oh wow! I-, I think we can make that happen.
0: And um... <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm just, I know it's.
1: A I'd make thing. a
4: fortune about that, though.
0: Exactly. See, <laughs> I, I will be rolling in dough. So I'm just I just ask that all of you respect my choices and especially after today's fuck up I will absolutely (laughs) be changing my career. So
1: (sighs) Usman Wahid uh, said that they wanted to be a boxer, which I mean you can still be a boxer, Usman. Um, I know you can be a brief. (laughs) Yeah, you can you can be a brief. You can be you can be a tidy whiny. Um, but uh, Usman, that
0: song if you want.
1: Oh no Come on I know where I live um, <sighs> is a boxing sort of like gym so you can you can still do boxing of course it's not competitive but they they do it as exercise so I think you could still do it I'm sure there's a lot there might be some where you live um, Tipper says, uh, well you all know I decided to be a teacher when I was in elementary school it's all I ever wanted to do with my life it's not a career it's a calling teaching is my heart life and soul and that's really sweet I think that's wonderful that she she had decided
0: that um so early and, and I 100% agree with that like anyone anyone can be a teacher but it takes a special kind of person to teach
1: yeah mm. definitely you know you have you have especially those like um you you especially have those people that are like oh well I always wanted to be a teacher and then they're just that's they're not the they're not they're not great teachers um they're mean or they don't explain things properly and then they get mad when you when you don't you know well, you don't answer correctly.
0: I, I know for me personally, I had a lot of mediocre teachers as in like they were just there. They did a job. Their heart wasn't in it. I rem- and I've forgotten a good majority of their names, but I remember the really bad ones and I remember the really good ones.
1: hmm And then Cronell says Spider-Man. They wanted to be Spider-Man when they were a kid. I mean, there's nothing stopping you, Cronell. You can still be Spider-Man, <laughs> just like Usman can still be a boxer. You can, you can do cosplay. Spider-Man cosplay. A friend of mine, she really loves Spider-Girl, uh, Mayday Parker or May Parker, and uh, so she she has all of the Spider-Girl like comics. Well, not all of them. I think there's still some that she doesn't have, but she she's read all of them growing up, and she's got a podcast. Uh, where she, with a friend, where she talks about uh, nerdy geek, nerdy geek things, um, and she also is on a Spider-Man podcast, where they talk about Spider-Man comics, new and old, and she cosplays as Mae Parker. So, I mean, like, you know, there's nothing stopping you from being Spider-Man.
0: <laughs> Disclaimer, please do not jump from buildings using like, rope as spider webs.
1: Yes. And if,
0: and if you do, we cannot be held responsible. <laughs> oh,
1: no. Um, but, yeah, there's just a little bit of uh, some housekeeping. Uh, just this is our last episode. Um, we wanted to kind of end it with a bang, and I guess we did. Mm. But we, we just want to say thank you so much for everybody who has tuned in who's started from where we started in the beginning, who's joined us along the way. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you know, especially when we, you know, have our random episodes, uh, when we have our mistakes and when we're still learning, I, I feel like we've, we've really grown uh, mm-hmm. uh, as, as a podcast, you know, like we, we've really grown from where they, we were at the beginning to where we are now. Mm. Um and I know, I know today was a bad day. <laughs> but I, I think that we we definitely had like a really good episode and a really good interview uh with Howard, who is an incredibly sweet man. Um, who's, you know, I, I feel bad. <laughs> I still feel bad, but <laughs>
0: not as bad as I feel, guarantee it. In fact, Soon as this is done, I'm gonna go cry for a little while and possibly get a drink. <laughs>
1: oh no. Um but yeah, there's is there anything you guys wanna say? Uh, anything that we wanna try to do before we before we sign off?
0: I I mean you kind of covered it. Um honestly, just thank you. Like a, a genuine thank you. Like all all act, all silliness aside, just thank you to each and every person that has supported us that has helped put our name out there um watching the other day we were tagged in a few in a few things on twitter that went around of naming off the um the special people that you've met in 2020 and we were on so many of those lists either cameo gang exclusively or our individual names and it's just like that that warmed my heart so much and it was a it was a much needed positive thing um because like I said you know here this past week has been very hard for me um and this month in general is hard so to be able to sign on and to see so much positivity and so much love and so much support is incredible and you know it's like (sighs) It's, it's such an odd feeling when you go onto social media and you walk away feeling more positive, especially with mm. so much bad that's going on in the world right now. It's very easy to get overwhelmed and very easy to get um, depressed and, you know, just feeling down. And so to know that for the most part, like 99% of the time we can sign on to our, to the cameo gang, twitter account and see so much love and and wholesome joy it has been just overwhelming in its own way because it's like wow this is really happening and a huge thank you to mick for taking a chance on us um for like pushing us to go further for encouraging us and for being there and agreeing to come on the show and from that point on forward he has he has supported us and that is amazing um so yeah just thank you
4: Nicola? <laughs> what jackie said <laughs> i i don't have that much words uh to say really uh trying to push the sa- aside the fact that it's like midnight for me and I'm like a half shut knife at the moment so <laughs> but um but no it's it's something I didn't expect really um reflecting back on the start of the year obviously nobody anticipated the shit storm that's 2020 mm. um but I didn't think that I would be doing a podcast at all or being involved in a podcast at all. Um, for one, I didn't think I would have the courage to do so. I mean, I've, ugh, yeah, you find you find like courage and inspiration in the most unexpected, un- unexpected, uh, unexpected places. There, there, I go butchering the English language again. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need my bed soon. But <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, my two cents to the spiel. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it definitely is something that I didn't think that I would enter 2020 in um, with being in a podcast, especially being in a podcast with people that I consider like really good friends um, at the beginning of the year. You know, Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the year, I was just like, all right, work, school, talk to friends. And then we entered into lockdown and then it was just like work, school, I made new friends.
0: (laughs) (laughs) and then work, school and hey, we made new friends and then hey, we made more new friends and oh my God, where did all your people come from?
1: <laughs> but yes, it's uh, I, am, I am gonna miss this over over a break, us um, taking a break from this and, and sort of meeting, meeting once a week to, to talk in, in person. And I say in person with very, very heavy quotation marks, <laughs> um, but essentially talk to each other. Uh, like this once a week and record an episode and be really free to be silly
4: but i mean put it this way we're socially distancing so <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> social distance champions
4: you don't have to wear masks because you know more than two feet apart well that's the rule. that's the road in the uk that's what oh. boris told us but Mm. Can you can
0: you imagine what our podcast would sound like if we did have to wear masks? It'd be like, hello, welcome to around the cafe <laughs> Well, I have a
1: I have masks that I can easily talk through. Um, that are they protect me, but you know, they don't cover they don't push into my mouth and I don't sound like I'm I'm eating, you know, my microphone. <laughs>
4: Uh, anytime I go on a driving lesson, I have to wear a mask because it's compulsory now. But yeah. I, honest to God, feel like a getaway driver. <laughs> and that just feels
0: odd. I know. Um, I have one. My mask is, is very, very, is very thick. Um, it's got multiple layers, including a charcoal filter. And so it actually doesn't cover my mouth so much as like cup around my mouth that because there's so many layers, it ends up kind of muffling a little bit. So I've had to kind of in a weird way, almost relearn how to talk. Because I realized like normally when you talk, obviously you just speak forward and you can enunciate. Um, but with this mask on, especially like um, older people that can't hear as well or whatever, you have to figure out a way to project your voice as well as enunciate and not make it sound like you're talking to someone like this mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah well I talk I talk to a lot of a lot of people um in my job so me with the mask uh, uh usually I would make sure if they still can't understand me Um, because I do, I do have to enunciate sometimes how I talk because it's, my voice is soft. And so, uh, when I do, I, I kind of have to like step probably out of the room and pull down my mask and go, hello.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, we, I actually had an issue, um, we're going off the beaten path here horribly, but I had an issue not terribly long ago where a a woman who was deaf came into my hotel and she had um, people with her, but they made sure to warn me that if she came down to speak to me or whatever, that I would have to remove the mask because she can read lips, but nothing else. And so I was like, okay, are you, you know, Are you comfortable and like we we measured out sort of in a way i i I took a a couple steps back i said so you you would like for me to stand like right here and then i can take off my mask and they're like yeah yeah that's fine so like luckily they were like everyone was very like reasonable and all this stuff and still trying to be safe but yeah like i can i can only imagine how difficult this time must be for people who are hearing impaired
1: yeah um the 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 secretary that works across from me and uh she in at the school that I work at she um she wears a mask she sometimes wears a mask that has like a clear you know kind of plastic thing over like her mouth um so that when she talks you can see her talking you know mm-hmm. you can, lips talking and things like that and I thought it was interesting but at the same time I was just like does that protect you? (laughs) My my worry was I was just like does it protect you and does it protect everyone else because I can I can see it but you know uh, aren't you worried that it's gonna fog up and then people are still not gonna be able to see your mouth and but yeah since we're you know we're just gonna just gonna um but yeah it's our it's our last episode and we we definitely thank you everyone for joining us and we will see you in the next season of uh around the campfire which ooh, yeah look out on our facebook and our twitter and our instagram we also have a discord we have a website we'll put all of those links to everything well actually the website has all of the links to everything so we'll just put the web. Mm-hmm just pow look at it as our website um but yeah
0: (laughs) and don't worry while we are while we do intend to take a break we do have other surprises in store
1: uh maybe some bloopers or maybe i'll read another story maybe you might get more singing maybe nicola will sing this time
3: (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) maybe we'll
0: have merchandise merch probably
1: but yeah we're we're gonna work on some things while we take our our break off for Christmas and and New Year's and all of that and the start of school back up again um after Christmas break and I have uh we have several ideas that we want to pursue
0: (laughs) and we're gonna (laughs) too yes so we will still be active on all of our social media accounts maybe not so much facebook because we're all terrible about facebook for some reason um but yeah so definitely on twitter definitely on instagram um through the website you'll see frequent updates so just follow all those places reach out to us if you have ideas suggestions or whatever throw those our way and Mm -hmm. otherwise we'll see you in january Yeah. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye, peasants! Goodbye, peasants! Thank you for joining us around the campfire. We'd like to thank Brett Van Donsel for providing the music and you can find more of him on his website at Brett You can find us on Twitter at Cameo Gang 1899 and on YouTube at Around the Campfire Podcast. This is Catherine riding off. And we'll see you around, Capo.